Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. So we are continuing today our final day our final Sunday of the Toy Story Sermon Series. I know all good things have to come to an end, I guess. So we're continuing on with Toy Story 4. Now, for those of you who have not seen Toy Story 4, it is still in theaters in Monroe, so I'm not going to spoil it for you, so don't worry. Uh, Because it's still in theaters, we don't have the movie clips in the same way that we've had in our previous weeks, and um, I had to think real long and hard about how to kind of tell the story without spoiling it for those who have not seen it, and uh, so hopefully it won't do that. As you may recall, too, I, I want to just uh, say real quick, I'm, I'm just grateful for Church of the Resurrection for their giving this sermon series and kind of putting it out there, who kind of created the framework for this. And they also provided a lot of the information in our table talk. So if you have your bulletins, you might have noticed that. This is an invitation to go a little bit deeper. We encourage you to take this home and to read it, to use it as a conversation starter with those around you at some point during the week, and to just keep those scriptures before you. Because really, while the, the movies are wonderful, They are not what this is all about. They wrestle with the human condition, but the answer to the human condition is always found in the word of God. And so that's always where we begin every Sunday morning. And so if you have your Bibles, I wanna invite you to open them up. Today we're gonna start by reading from Ephesians. And we are in Ephesians. We're in the second chapter, verses four through 10. And it's also up on the screens behind me. Hear these words. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him. And he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Let us pray. God, I just ask that you might remove all distractions, all things that would get in the way of us hearing from you today, because I know, God, you always show up You knew that each one of us would be here in this place, and so you have a word prepared for us if we but have hearts that are open to receive it and ears prepared to listen. So be with us now, O God. Amen. So the story picks up. Last week, we saw that Andy had gone off to college. Andy, of course, is the original owner of the toys, and he went off to college, and he gave his toys, his favorite toys, to a little girl by the name of Bonnie. And so in Toy Story 4, two years has gone by, and Bonnie is about to go to kindergarten. And Bonnie is still that kind of quiet 
shy little girl, and she's very, very anxious about kindergarten. In fact, she really doesn't want to go at all. Maybe some of you um, were like that when you were getting ready to start school. Maybe some of you are like that now. You don't want to go at all, but there it is. So she has to go, and so Andy uh, decides, not Andy, uh, Woody decides that he is going to go with Bonnie to school, and so he gets into her backpack and, and heads off to kindergarten. And while they are there, Woody is very helpful in kind of making sure that, that she's okay, but she really struggles, like we all do sometimes. She feels really awkward. She doesn't know what to do. She has a little trouble making friends. And Woody feels for her. And so she ends up sitting way in the back of the classroom. And Woody finds some things in the trash. And he throws them up on the table for her to work with. And so she begins to create something. And she creates this little creature made out of a spork and some googly eyes and a little bit of pipe cleaner. And then she glues some popsicle sticks on its feet. And in fact, I have him. He's kind of hiding back here because he's a little quiet. It's Forky. So Forky the Wonder Spork is born. And she loves this guy. And so for whatever reason, in the mystery that is kids' artwork that they get incredibly attached to, like very quickly, she falls in love with Forky and it gives her a newfound confidence and a joy that she hadn't felt all day. And so then Forky goes into her backpack and interestingly, Forky comes alive like the other toys, which is pretty unusual for a spork. Thank goodness uh, that they don't come alive. And so He goes in there, he begins talking with Woody, and Woody realizes that he is special. And I've wondered about this, like what is it that brought Forky to life? And all I can think is, it's because Bonnie loved him. And it was her love for him that brought him to life. Now if this sounds like a familiar story to you, it's because it is our story, is it not? We have a creator who created all of us. And in Genesis, we read the story of our creation and we see that there was a point at which once man had been made, there was no life in the man until what happened? God breathed the breath of life. And so Genesis 2, 7 says this, then God, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. God breathed life into us. And what did he make us from? Dust, right? The the trash of the earth, if you will. So what makes us come alive? What gives us value if it is not that we have a God who values us, who breathes life into us and cares for each one of us? But you know, the human condition is this. Even when we know that, even when we've come to a point in our faith where we've accepted that we are the beloved children of God, so often we still wrestle with that identity. And we vacillate back and forth between extremes. Sometimes we're bold and we're confident and we know who we are and we're so in love with God and we reflect it in all we do. And sometimes We look like those scrimping and crawling to try to get back to the dust. Our behavior suggests anything 
but a confidence in God. Paul once wrote about this extreme in Romans 7, 15 through 19 when he said, I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact, it's no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. It seems for as much as we are wired to love and to be loved, even Paul, Paul who gave everything in service of Christ and in fact was killed in the service of Christ, who went all around the world that he knew, proclaiming Christ, starting churches, even Paul struggled with what it meant to be a child of God and struggled with sin. So even though we are wired to love and be loved, there's also this part of us that is always pulling us back towards the dust. And this is what we see in the movie with Forky. Forky knows he comes from trash. Forky knows that he was made to be disposable and he's a little bit disturbed that he has come to life. And so he keeps trying to do what? For those of you who've seen the movie, he keeps trying to throw himself back into the trash can or throw himself out the window. And he just says, I'm trash. And Woody's like, no, no, you know, you're loved. You're this and that. I'm trash. And he's not wrong. I mean, he kind of is. But he's also so much more than that. He's not just this disposable thing anymore because love has made him something different. And Woody, in a way quite reminiscent of Christ, goes after Forky again and again and again, constantly calling him to this higher purpose, trying to help him understand who he is and how important he is to the one who created him. Finally, Forky begins to grow a little bit in self-awareness and he begins to raise that question, who am I and why am I here? This is such a human question to wrestle with, isn't it? What is the meaning of life? Why am I here at all? Who has sent me here? Has someone sent me here? What am I supposed to do in this place? And how we answer this informs a lot of what happens next in our life. So I'm gonna invite Riley to come up. You know, a few weeks ago, Miley Lee came and shared with us a little bit of her experience at camp. And on the same night that I heard Miley give her testimony, Riley McCulloch uh, gave hers as well. And it seemed like such a, a fitting thing as we wrestle a little bit with who we are and why we are here to let her tell a little bit about her story and how she came to wrestle with that this summer. I'm not calling you trash. <laughs> trash. But so this summer, I was convinced or talking to a CEO of one of the our youth. And at that end, I did not want to get back. I had no meetings to go in there. I did not want to be away from home. But that's so serious, any of that. And I'm not a homebody. But 
we get there Monday, and I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with these people from my church. I'm just, I'm like, I just be honest. I, yeah, there. you know, yeah. I was just like, I'm here. I just don't fit in with these people. I don't know what's going on. Why do I feel so different? And Tuesday rolls around, and I climb up to the top of the canyon so that I could get some cell service and call my mom because this feeling was not right. And I was like, Mom, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I so different? Like, something is wrong with me. And um, Wednesday rolls around. Camp's going a little bit better. I'm enjoying my time there a little bit more. And then um, that day we had lunch with the preacher that week, and his name was Nathan. And that was the only interaction I had with him all week long. And Thursday rolls around, and it's right before worship. And I'm literally in the middle of a walkway talking to random kids I've never talked to in my life. And it was exactly where God wanted me because I happened to be directly in the path of Lindsay Hall. And she ran smack into me and was like, oh, I think you're the one Nathan's looking for. I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, he was asking for this girl we ate lunch with the other day. Didn't you eat with us? And I'm like, I don't think so. That was a long time ago. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> and um, she was like, no, I think it was you. Come with me. So I go with her. And we're walking, and I'm, he sees me, and he goes, yep, she's the one. And I'm like, okay, and? And he was like, what's your name? And I was like, Riley. And he's like, your last name? I'm a colleague. And he goes, okay, that's all I needed to know. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know, well, where's the rest of the story here? And he's like, you're going to be in worship, right? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to go to my cabin. But I was like, okay, yes, I'll be there. And so me and Lindsay walk into worship, and there we are, and the worship goes on, nothing happens. And then the end of this like end of worship we were singing and he said just come to the altar if you want to be filled by the Holy Spirit it's like of course okay I go to the altar and I'm like Lord I know Nathan has something for me so I'm going to stay right here until the end of the song and he's going to come pray for me since we can tell God what to do and um Sure enough, he did not come pray for me. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go back to my seat. And he, that way he can see me. And he's going to come pray for me there. And so I stood there and I waited. And Nathan did not come. And so I'm, I see him. I'm like waiting for him. And I see Nathan walk by. And he walks. And he walks right back up on stage. And I was like, Lord, I told you, you know, for him to come pray for me. So he gets back up on stage. And he's like, uh, given the cliche, like, if you need to be saved, you know, this is the time. And then he goes, and where's my friend Riley from Ruston? I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, here I am. And he goes, I just have a word placed on my heart for you, and that word is different. And it just broke every wall inside of me. And he said, um, I just believe that you, like, are different, and there is, you are going to be able to move mountains in your prayer life, and you're going to be able to change the world. And it's not because you are perfect, but because you are different. And in that moment, God gave me my purpose. And he knows that, Riley, you've been struggling with feeling different, but this different feeling is for me, and you belong in me, and that is who you are, and that's your purpose. Thank you. You just said it. There. In God, awesome. So just as God spoke a word in to Riley's life, just when she needed it most, so God does speak into ours. How does he do this? Why does he do this? 
You know, in Ephesians, in our scripture reading today, it says, because God is rich in mercy. How many of you are so grateful today that God is rich in mercy because you have needed that mercy again and again? Yes, I mean, so many of us, in fact, all of us, because scripture says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and so all of us are in need of God's mercy, and he is rich in it, scripture says. And because of this, and out of the great love with which he has loved us, even though we were dead, because it says that the wages for sin are death, even though we were dead in our sin, he sent Jesus Christ to come and to bring us back to life. To bring us back to life, which tells us something. It tells us that when we are in this place of sin, this place of separation from God, there is no life apart from him. And Jesus comes and stands in the gap. He, he pays the price for our sins so that we no longer have to be dead, but we can experience a new life, an abundant life in him. But there's an important part of that passage and it says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And I think this is a really important part the faith part absolutely matters. You see, part of Forky's problem in the movie is, is that he just cannot believe that he is any more than trash. He cannot believe he is anything more than disposable, that he could have worth to someone, that, that he could experience love or receive love or that he was worthy of it. And because he could not believe it, he kept going to these extremes to throw himself away. He couldn't hold on or really hear what Woody was trying to tell him about Bonnie and Bonnie's love for him. And it wasn't until he could come to that place of actually beginning to believe it might be true that he began to change. And if if you watch the movie, you'll see this transformation in him as he actually truly does come alive when he begins to understand that love and be able to share that love. And that same thing happens to us, but it only happens when we believe. When we begin to believe that Jesus did in fact come for us, that he saw something worthy in us, that he redeemed us and called us by name, and even if we are a little different, that he has a purpose for that difference. And this is the why. It says, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And so we weren't just created to receive this gift from Jesus, but we were created to then go and to share that gift with others, to find them, to go into the dust and to stir it up and to see those who were hiding there and to help be that bridge, to let Christ flow through us and bring life where there has not been none. You know, because Forky matters to Bonnie, he matters to Woody. I don't know that Woody particularly thought that Forky was all that great at first. In fact, Forky was really odd and annoying. And yet, Woody keeps going after him, not because he has at first this profound love for Forky, but because he loves Bonnie. And because Forky matters to Bonnie, Forky matters to Woody. Your why will always inform what you do. What is your mission? What is your purpose here on this planet for however long you get upon the earth? If you don't know the answer to this, then it's, it's hard and it's really easy to give up and to let go. 
Those who know their why can face any how, and the how is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. When he calls us to do it, he will equip us for it. He will send us the people that will help us carry out the mission, the encouragers that we need, the ones who remind us of who we are. One of my favorite stories, and I've shared it in here before. I've shared it in devotionals. If you're in Run for God, you've heard it a few times too, and I tell it again and again because it is for me what I would call an anchor story. An anchor story is something that resonates in your life, and it comes up thematically for you, and you hear parts of it uh, throughout different weeks, different experiences. And so this is an anchor story for me, and I I share it again. It's the story of Hendrik Kramer, who was a lay missionary from the Dutch church when World War II broke out. And, And you may remember from the story that the Gestapo dominated the nation of Holland, and they forced Dutch Jews into concentration camps. And the lay people, the Christians, were coming to Hendrik Kramer, and they were wanting to know, Dr. Kramer, what do we do? We feel like we need to be doing something because they're taking our neighbors away, and we're not really sure what we're supposed to do. Tell us what to do. And his response is the one that, that anchors in me, and it's this. He said, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you who you are. And if you know who you are then you will know what to do. If you know who you are, then you will know what to do. And he read from First Peter, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, and a people claimed by God as his own to proclaim the triumphs of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. You may have heard that in a song we've sung in here before. To proclaim the triumphs of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. If you know who you are, You will know what to do. And so for me, whenever I'm faced with a difficult decision, I always have to lean in and remember who I am. Whenever I have a dilemma, whenever I need to be grounded, I remember who I am. Whenever I'm trying to live with integrity, whenever I've been hurt, whenever I've been disappointed, whenever fear threatens to take over, I have to remember who I am And so do you. You are a royal priesthood. You are called by God. You are so much more than dust. You are not trash. No matter what anybody says, no matter what that voice in your head tells you, you are worth so much that your God came from heaven to be among you, to give his very life out of love for you, for you. And if you matter to God, well, then you matter to me too. And so should everyone else. Even if they're a little strange. Even if they do some things and and you're not quite so sure. If they matter to God, pull them out of the trash. Don't leave them there. If you've been loved by God, if you've been saved, if you've been redeemed, then you've been redeemed for a purpose. Not just to keep being the recipient your whole life to go and to give back and to be in service to the one who created you for that purpose. You can run away from that or you can live into it. This week on a whim or maybe by the movement of the Holy Spirit, I went to the park with my four-year-old and we were there playing and it was really hot and Uh, I learned a long time ago that shade helps hot. So I went over to the shady part of the park while my son was playing and there was a man sitting there and he had a brown bag with him and he was drinking a beer. 
And he looked at me and he said, is it okay, ma'am, if I drink this beer next to you? Okay. (laughs) We're just sitting in the shade. And so I'm sitting there and I had this thought, like, this is like Forky, right? I mean, this is... This is someone he had clearly been living outside for a little while and clearly had been wrestling with some sense of worth and perhaps addiction as well, though I can't sum all that up, you know, in a a brief meeting, but I'm sitting there and I think you matter, you matter to God and so you're gonna matter to me and so I just start talking to him and it turns out he's 26 years old, he was born and raised in Ruston, he dropped out of school a little bit before ninth grade, and it's just kind of been Roman. Had been in jail the night before uh, for disorderly conduct, probably because of what he was doing sitting beside me uh, related to the beer he was drinking. And, and he said that. And he, so we're talking, and, and finally, I, I keep talking to him, and he goes, why are you being so nice to me? I said, well, I don't, I don't know. He goes, what do you do for a living? <laughs> well, I'm a preacher, but that's not the point. It's not why I'm being nice to you. He was like, oh, man. And I said, I said, no, it's not that at all. It's because, because you matter to God. I know a God who loves you. I know a God who wants better for you than this. And I want to show that love to you, too. And so we're sitting next to Johnny's, and, and I'm like, okay, I got it. So I get on my phone and order a pizza. I'm like, okay, in 15 minutes, there's a Johnny's pizza with your name on it. And he's like, well, that's amazing. Like, how'd you know I was hungry? I was like, well, good guess. And it will absorb the beer a little bit. So (laughs) it's really kind of selfish for my whole community's sake. I want you to eat this pizza. Um, But we talked a little bit more. And and I I don't have any grand illusion that that was like the life-changing moment for him, that he went from that place and an epiphany and I, I baptized him in the ditch right there. I mean, none of that happened. Um, though sometimes when I tell stories, like it goes to that extreme, but it isn't what happened. I, I saw him the next day walking down the street and said hi to him. But it is my hope that just for a moment, even for a moment, he felt that he was loved. And maybe it's that moment that later on, if another moment comes, builds on it, And then another moment comes and maybe there will come a day when he will awaken to the fact that he is a beloved child of God and he is worth so much more and there is a God who wants to free him and a God who wants to give him a life that he's never known before. And I say that with all humility because that's been my story too. I've had people who've come along and done the same for me, who've sat with me when I was at my worst, who've cried with me, who've held me, who've called me to a higher place, who've reminded me of who I am. And that, that is what it's all about. That's what this whole Toy Story sermon series is about, that God creates this community for us to love one another, to remind each other of our identity in Christ and how it changes everything. And so if you hear nothing else, I pray that you go from this place and you remember that. You remember that not only have you been saved, but you have been called to go and to find the others and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. All we have to do is believe that is so. And it is amazing the way God will show up and show out. Let us pray. Gracious God, I wanna start by praying for my friend that I met in the park. 
and for all the many friends I've met along the way and that others have met here in this room and for us, God, us who have been those people, those ones who have needed someone to believe in us, to see something of value when we couldn't see it in ourselves. Thank you for the people who've loved us when we were not lovable, for the people who have not left us in our sin, but have called us into a redeemed and restored relationship with you and who didn't give up on us, who kept calling us to that higher place. I pray for us as we are here this morning, if we're struggling, God, I don't know the different things that people are struggling with, but you do. You know us all intimately, and so I just pray that um, you would just continue to speak in ways that we could hear and show us your way, God. May your way be the only way that we seek. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.